It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Peter and Toulouse, a big off-season for the Los Angeles Rams with a young buddy team in the NFL. Cooper Cup walks it out of the air and gives the Rams the lead. LaMarcus Joyner returns to the lineup with an interception in London. Midfield Farrell Cooper in the Jacks territory. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown LA! Malcolm Brown, no, it's Goff who keeps it, and Goff goes crashing into the end zone. Pressure, the ball's knocked out, Aaron Donald, a strip sack. 35-30, Robert Woods, first down 20, 10-5, touchdown, LA on third down and 33. He's sacked again at the six. It's Michael Brockers who gets there with Matt Longacre. Savage had it knocked out. He's decked by Abukam. Locked the ball, intercepted. Corey Littleton at the 45 of LA. And Todd Gurley, 20, 10. Gurley for MVP. Touchdown LA. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome back, guys, to another Downtown Rams podcast, episode number 78. I can't believe we're here, but I'm here with Joe Curley, and uh, we're just rolling. I mean, the episodes just keep flying by. I brought Blaine back on the podcast for 77. Um, That was a lot of fun. So here we are, coming to you live, not live, but... Coming to you on a Friday or a Saturday <laughs> or a Sunday or whenever you decide to listen to this, uh, Joe. How have you been? Well, well, I'm I'm here live, but yeah, you're not quite hearing it hearing it live. I've been a mess. I've been sick. I've been tired. I've been busy, but uh, I'm a grinder. Us reporters. I just saw <laughs> this is good. I just went to a um uh, like a pageant or like a chorus event at my kid's school in which the bad guys in the play were uh, reporters. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding? Tabloid reporters. And I went up to the principal after, and I'm like, we, we really got to talk to you about uh, your depiction of uh, the journalism industry in uh, in my kid's garden play. They were like the bad – it was – anyway, I'd have to waste way too long to explain it, but it was pretty hysterical. I, I was my, I was telling my wife during it, I was like, I was like this is – 
this is an insult. And she's like, it's not about you. It's about the children. Will you settle down? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I can totally picture so we're that. Two, we're two weeks out from the draft, and I'm all over the place. But uh, I'll be focused in – oh, and I'll be, I'll be focused by Monday when the, the Rams show up and the 2018 season really gets going. Yeah, well, OTAs. well, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to say something to that point of the, the tabloid journalism. I think they're onto something. I don't think they're gearing it at you. Maybe they're gearing it at the the crappy clickbait that we see all over Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, like like those uh, those articles. You'll never guess what happens next. Well, I'll yeah. tell you what. I'm not clicking <laughs> on that. <laughs> I love the uh, I love the Twitter account saved save a click or saved you a click or whatever. <laughs> they, they just retweet that and they're like, uh, yeah, the you know the cat fell off the piano or something. You know, they tell you what happens. <laughs> that, that's so great. Definitely got to go it's follow them. <laughs> yeah. Check it out. All right. So before we get into it, um, I just want to throw a shameless plug for the discord channel. Um, we are at over 70 people. It's still over 70. It's going to keep growing that draft day. Joe, I think the draft, I think this thing is going to go berserk. I think, you might have yourself turning off notifications if they're not already turned off because <laughs> it's going to. No, I, I'm. It, it's going to get wild. You, I will be. I'm going to be in the channel during the draft. You will be able to have live reaction during the draft in the channel. I, I will do my best. And uh, although that that Sunday is going to be thick and fast now with all those picks. Yeah. Um, but we, I will, uh, you know, and it'll be a way for the fans to kind of get me some feedback and, you know, if they want to ask, you know, if you, if you want me to ask one of these guys a question, you know, we can, it's one way to, uh, you know, to, to, to you know, have some connectivity and, and, uh, and, you know, maybe get some of these guys, the, the questions that the fans want to want answered. So sometimes you guys, that's why I like to interact with the fans. Cause you know, the fans watch their team as close as anybody. So. You know they uh, they know what's going on and and that's why we ask. Hey, you you get it, man. Um, they also you know there's also a, an audio uh, thing, so there's a voice channel as well. I, I will. Ju- I'm just talking up Discord right now. Discord owes me, okay? Like I'm I'm giving them some publicity, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, we we do have that audio, um, the the voice chat. So I think I'll be on that for day two and day three. Day one, since the Rams don't have a pick, uh, I think I'm just going to go out and watch it with some some buddies who have first round yeah. picks. So um, have some fun, you know. Do sure. some karaoke. <laughs> like we were joking, and did you see that thread on on Twitter after they traded uh, for Cooks? Did you see this? Oh my God, no, I didn't. All right, so after they traded for Cooks, Rich Hammond uh, goes, "What are we going to do on Friday?" And Saturday? Of course, it's Rich <laughs> and. Uh, and someone replied, uh, are, are we going to sing some karaoke and get a keg going? And then I was joking that, uh, you know, we were all joking which karaoke songs the Rams reporters were going to be singing on Friday night during the, f- the first round when everybody else is working. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all got yeah, it we'll so just, easy. Thanks. Uh... We'll, just, <laughs> we'll drop another uh, Brandon Cook story. That's what, you know, that's, that's who they've spent their uh, first round pick on, so. There you I guess go. we'll have to come up with another Brandon Cooks angle. It'd be really cool if someone made like one of those uh, 
those live reaction draft videos like with Mike Mayock and like dubbed it with the like the Rams getting him. So like the, <laughs> with the 23rd pick the Rams take Brandon Cooks and then like, you know, basically just overdubbing what Mike Mayock said. Well, let me tell you about this kid or you know, like I think that'd be okay. interesting. The internet has to get on that. Um, well, I'm sure he said something about Brandon Cooks at some point. You could find that audio and just pull it together. Well, maybe Damn. I don't want to do it. Maybe I'm I want to let the internet do it. That's right. <laughs> so, bef- yep. Yeah, before we get into it, so I had the the Discord plug. Um, so, what else do I always do before a podcast? Uh, of course, uh, shout out the podcast. So, if you guys like what you hear, um, go tell somebody. How do you do that? Uh, drop a review. Um, definitely subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we are at 126 five-star reviews. And I have two reviews that they have actually been left a little bit. Um, they, they've been left for a little bit now. And I do want to read them because that is that's the deal. You leave a review, I will read it on the show. So Rome, the Rams fan, gave... A great podcast, five-star review. I'm a Rams fan that lives in Philly, so listening to your podcast is great for me, and I appreciate all you guys. One thing I wanted to correct is that you said Big Rob gave up the sack against Chris Long against the Eagles. That help was the Eagles. That helped the Eagle win the game. Big Rob got hurt the previous play, and Long beat our backup oh, tackle. So that's actually that's a good right. call. Because he's right. That is correct. I should have I should have known that. I knew that. I should have known that. It was the first play because it was a play calling criticism of McVeigh because they went they went over the top on the first play after Havenstein left. I wrote about that. I can't believe I didn't catch that. Yeah, I'm it was. Uh, yeah, it was Daryl yeah, Williams who was, it was Daryl Williams. Yeah, he was on is, IR the year before, and somehow he made it onto this roster. I was pretty shocked, but. Um, he, he had some really bad preseason play too. He, he, Darryl, there's a couple rooms I talked to that uh, don't like Daryl uh, as a player that much, but, but he hung in there. And uh, yeah, the, the Rams' offensive line was not uh, did not have a good uh, December. They did not have a good uh, week 17. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and then he also said to get the sack. Other than other than that, keep up the good work, you guys, and I look forward to future podcasts. Well, future podcast it is, as of right now. So, um, the next one, Rally the Rheumatic, um, keep up the great work, five-star review. Go Rams, you guys do an excellent job. This is one of my go-to podcasts for anything Rams. Keep it up, your fan, Rally. Awesome. Well, Thank you so much, uh, Rally, and and thank you, Rome, the Rams fan. Appreciate you guys leaving the reviews, um, you know, like giving your feedback. It's cool. It, it, it's you know fun to fun to bring up and and show off. But um, now, you know, uh, we are gonna talk about the show since it's been a seven eight minute inter- uh, <laughs> intro, um, <laughs> and so first off. Joe, it, it's kind of a weird uh, show because we don't have like, you know, dominant headlines. I mean, I know we're you know we're kind of getting a little spoiled here. We're not really used to not having anything like an Akib Talib uh, trade or anything like that. But we do have headlines, um, so they won't be talked about as long as the other ones. But we will have a lot of content in this podcast. First off, 
The Rams, uh, according to Spotrack, have 3.8 million in cap space, and in part of that, because I know some people will be like, "Wait, that's not right." Part of that, if you didn't see that's the Rams right. actually restructured Johnny Hecker um, to save almost a million dollars. So my question is, Joe, is there a move coming? You know, they already have the basically they already have the draft all uh, capped out. Like they're good. You know, they're they're still under the cap even with the draft. So is there a move that you know? We, we should be see coming maybe like you and I keep bringing up like what happened in the Kelby Coleman when everyone was sleeping and, and the Rams came in and swooped him for near the veteran minimum last year. Um, do you see any moves like that because of this move? Well, um, you know, I, I think they, um, you know, I think they have to, because even at three, eight, I mean, I, don't you want to have like a you know, four to five million in buffer uh, in case some of these, um, you know, not likely to be gained incentives come in? You know, you, you want to have a successful season and have your players get these incentives that aren't built into the salary cap. Um, and if that happens, then next year, you know, you're going to be paying the piper for, um, um, you know, some of those. So I, I think they, they do probably need to make. You know, if, if if they can restructure or, um, you know, uh, drop, uh, you know, drop maybe a player that they could draft over um, and save some money on the back end. I mean, they, they do need because, um, you know, I, I know you're looking at the Spotrack numbers and I was trying to go through it, but over the cap has them at less than a mil. I mean, I mean, they could be depending on who you believe they could be somewhere from one point five. They may need to make another move depending on, um, you know, where they actually are. So, but, you know, the, the, we'll, we'll see, but I, I definitely think you need some, um, some more space just in case some of these players get, uh, some of these incentives and, you know, you don't want to be paying for 2018 in, in the 2019 season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, another move that the Rams made that, I mean, no one's going to really talk about, but, it's a move. Um, they cut defensive back Marcus Sales, um, who was on the practice squad to end the season, who signed a futures contract. So I don't really know if that's really going to save a lot of money. Um, but they've now cut Kayvon Webster, who I'm not okay with. So if Kayvon, if you are listening, yeah. I'm not okay with that, but we won't go there. Um, and uh, now Marcus Sales. So that's two DBs. Um are they, it really makes you wonder if they like somebody, you know, in one of their their local workouts that they feel they can get, you know, undrafted rookie free agent. You know what I mean? Um, right. One thing that people don't realize with these local workouts is a lot of these guys realize, you know, their agents are telling them, look, you're, you could be a seventh rounder, but we're talking you getting drafted would be awesome. Like it's not guaranteed that you'll get drafted let alone, you know, going in the sixth or fifth round. Like, so a lot of these guys are preparing and trying to, to set their um, foundation. And so by going to these local workouts, like with the Rams, because they're having a bunch of these um, players in here, by going to those, um, you know, it, you really establish yourself uh, with those teams. 
Um, I've said before, the private workouts are really big because, I mean, you never know, you know, when these guys hit free agency, you know, hey, being in that building, it, it's a special thing. Um, you know, somebody like Dominic Easley visited the Rams uh, back in St. Louis, you know, when he was coming out of the draft and he ends up Ram. Who knows how much that had to do with it, but, you know, the facts are Dominic Easley's a Ram. He visited the Rams. And the Rams had the same GM when he visited. So, you know, I, I don't discount things like that. And I think, you know, with that private um, that private workout, I think it's something to keep in mind. And, and I'll uh, discuss further um, a player that I, I'm keeping my eye out for um, later on in the show. So just kind of a, a, a tidbit there. Anytime a team makes that type of move where they just cut a player that you know, you would think would compete in, I mean, not necessarily going to win a job or, or make the, the roster, but you think they'd compete in camp at least, that tells you that they're probably looking at somebody that they really like. Like, say, um, Mike Ford is a guy that they had at one of their uh, local workouts. If they liked Mike Ford, who was a defensive back, and they felt he's a UDFA, they could already be trying to kind of you know, handshake, negotiate with their GM. Because, <laughs> I mean, right. you'd have to imagine, you know, the, the undrafted rookie free agent signings and whatnot. I mean, these guys sign directly after the draft. So you, you have to imagine they talk about that. Um, I wouldn't say in detail, but they have a pretty good idea. Even before the draft starts, the guys that aren't expected to be drafted and their priority free agents, you have a good idea that these guys already have some sort of agreement or, you know, they're, you know, the GM, um, and not the GM, but like the teams talking with the agent, the agent has already kind of given, um, you know, has already given the idea that like his client has already given his blessing to want to play for this team and want to sign for this team. So I don't know, just things that, that's why it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, normally you wouldn't talk so much on a move like this, but it's just kind of general knowledge. I'm just I want to throw out there for people that don't know. That's why things like that happen, unless maybe you know Marcus got in trouble with something, but I I doubt it at this point. So it is a weird time to make that move, but you know that that happens. There's there's five to seven, you know, moves like that um, a day in the NFL where where you know teams are are because the other thing about it is if say you you know, you don't, you, you, you're pretty sure that who you get is a UDFA, you're going to prefer to sales already. Cause you've already, you've had him, you know, at, in practice and, and you know what he can give you. you. You, you've already, you know, made a determination on him. So say you, the, the player you get in the UDFA, you, you know, you're going to value him over sales and, and he's got a better shot. You might cut sales free, let him go, you know, try to find a spot somewhere else where he maybe has a chance to make the team. If, you know, you know, so maybe, you know, maybe, yeah. I mean, the options are something happened um, or the kid had, you know, no chance to, you know, you had that look at him last year and, um, and he doesn't have a chance to make the team. Yeah, definitely. And then there's, there's two interesting things going on. Um, Cause there are some Rams free agency news. We got the news that um, former Rams starting edge rusher, edge defender, whatever you want to call him. Outside linebacker Connor Barwin, um, who has interest in signing with the Rams, and the Rams have interest in him, but it's going to be about a money thing. And 
I think Barwin's going to go to the highest bidder um, because I don't think he has a big market. And he's actually meeting with the Arizona Cardinals this week. So that's something to watch out for. Um, it makes you wonder if the Rams, you know, right after Barwin announces he's meeting with the Cardinals, the Rams, uh, you know, cut right. this Marcus Sales and they um, free some cap with uh, with the restructure of Johnny Hacker. I don't know. It's interesting. And then another one, and I think this is a little underrated, Joe, uh, 26-year-old offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas, the Rams acquired last year, um, you know, via free agency uh, during the season. Um, you know, he, I'm not saying he's a, you know, game breaker or anything like that, but um, I would prefer him over Daryl Williams, and he's a free agent right now, and it looks like he's visiting with Kansas City, and it looks like the Rams might not bring him back. Um, so that... That should be interesting because that opens up another hole there um, on the offensive line. I mean, Lucas was the next man up. I mean, he was on the 53-man roster. So you talk about, you know, Lucas being gone. I know they brought, um, what's his, the the guy from, uh, he he was from the the end of uh, training camp. And then he was on the practice squad for a while and his name is now escaping me. Um, I think I mean you probably know him, but I, I just can't remember his name. Um, so let, let me say something on Lucas real quick. He was one of those guys who, you know, played in that San Francisco game in Week 17. He was on the. Uh, this is a former starter in this league in Detroit. You know, he is a big, you know, athletic dude. Um, you know, he's a, like you said, he's not a. He's not going to be the the best tackle but he certainly was would have been serviceable he was you know if one of those tackles had gotten hurt he would have he would have played they would that's who they would have gone to and um you know he, he was one of the better you know for, for a team that really didn't have much you know in in that second team you know in the in at backup offensive line i mean really it was austin blythe and and lucas um and everybody else you, you really so, you know, I, I think that this is a spot where you're going to be drafting, um, you know, to replace. So, you know, unless he's going to take – he may be visiting Kansas City trying to, uh, you know, get more than a minimum deal. And if he gets a minimum deal, um, you know, if he doesn't get – you know, if he doesn't get, you know, doesn't, if he doesn't get some money, then maybe he does end up back, you know, playing for a roster spot in uh, in L.A. But um, – but you know, I, I liked Cornelius. I, you know, he, he wasn't. Let's just be. He wasn't the worst player in that room. Let's let's be honest. He he wouldn't be a, a big loss, but um, you know, he could play a little bit. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with that. I, I actually kind of like Cornelius Lucas. Um, you know, he's he's kind of like I w- and I, and I guess this is kind of disrespectful to him, but he's kind of like Tyron Walker in a way. Um, oh, I like that. That's a really good call because I actually like Tyron Walker. Yeah, like that was my whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they bring back Tyron Walker, um, but I think it's going to be like late, like after the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I remember the guy's name now, uh, Michael Dunn. They uh, he was their oh, first was signing of the off season, and he was on yeah. their. I think he actually originally made their fifty three. 
and then they caught him during that those flurry of moves at the beginning of uh, the, the roster, and then he was signed to a futures deal um, this year. So, um, yeah, Michael Dunn. Dunn. My, Michael Dunn was somebody who was brought in before the season. I think he's a kid from Wisconsin. He was brought in before the – it's weird. They have this love, you know, off and on relationship with because they brought him in and then they cut him. And then late in the year they brought him in, you know, and signed him to a futures deal again. So, um, yeah, it is kind of an interesting thing. I, I almost – he almost flattened me once. I came around the corner going into the media room from uh, the day that um, I think it was the first day he had signed. No, he's from Maryland, not Wisconsin. And um, he, uh, I came around the corner and he was right there and I, I nearly got pancaked. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was wearing a big Maryland shirt. That's why I think about it now that he, he went to Maryland and not Wisconsin. He, um, yeah, it's interesting. He's somebody who's been on and off the – the roster and uh, but we'll yeah we'll see what he looks like uh in training camp or in otas yeah no i i i like it uh, he's got an nfl uh body and i mean he, he's young developmental guy cool i'm down with it you know um yeah. i'd like lucas back and tyron walker but you know i guess well i guess we'll see about that um so with that being said jarvis landry and I know he's not a Ram, so calm down. It has something to do with the Rams, uh, you know. Um, but uh, he signed a five-year, $75 million extension uh, with the Browns, or at least agreed to it. So now, with almost $50 million of that guaranteed, how is that going to affect Brandon Cooks? Like, what does this mean now for the Rams' new receiver? I don't think it means much because even though they both play receiver, I think they're not very good comps for each other because Jarvis Landry is, you know, he would tell you he's the, you know, one of the best receivers in football. He's probably one of the better slot receivers. And um, and they, they spent a ton of money for a guy who's a, a slot receiver. And, and Cooks is more of an outside guy. I mean, I think the Sammy Watkins deal has a lot more to deal with, to do with, um, with cooks and so yeah even though they're both receivers and it's a big i mean any big deal obviously pushes that those numbers out for receivers but um you know you you probably you might disagree with me but i don't think it it's really that big of a comp because i I think they kind of play two different positions no i i actually totally agree with you um i think jarvis landry is the guy that does everything you know um and i think cooks is kind of you know i know it's going to confuse people because Cooks is 5'10", and you would think, oh, he's the slot guy. But in reality, I mean, he's he's a number one. He's a guy that can play on the outside. He can win off the line of scrimmage. You can put him in the slot. Um, he's another one of those deep threats that are interchangeable in the slot on the outside. Um, wins with, uh, you know, lateral agility, um, route running, um, they're, you know, soft hands. And then that, that ultimately that burst, and I I think you know guys that come to mind in that regard I think are Brandon Cooks, I think are Sammy Watkins, I think Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, um, so it, it's that type of player you know um, it, it he's not a guy that's going to go one on one, you know go up and, and, and get, you know grab a fifty fifty ball like say uh, Julio Jones or 
DeAndre Hopkins. I think of those guys as different receivers. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that's the type of player that you're talking about. And with, you know, Landry, there isn't really a receiver like Landry. Um, cause Landry does everything. And, you know, Landry is almost in a way, he's like a tight end for a rookie quarterback. He's just that security blanket. You know, you can just dump it off to him. And that's why, you know, I think, the Browns got him ultimately and wanted to sign him because I think he's going to be so good for when they draft a quarterback. And I think that quarterback's going to be Sam Darnold, but it has nothing to do with what my point is. I just think this is somebody that's like a security blanket. So I guess really I don't think it affects Cooks because I think Cooks provides more as far as stats-wise. Um, I mean, Landry's the guy, he's going to catch over 100 balls, he might not get to 1,000 yards because he gets all the, like, the dirty work, you know, like, he doesn't, he doesn't end up getting the touchdowns, or if he does, he gets minimal. Um, Cooks is going to be the flashy guy, and in the end, I think the flashy guy's going to get paid more, so, I would, um, I would say this does not affect Cooks, um, at all, I think, uh, you know, Cooks was already going to get $16, $17 million annually, and the Rams know that. Um, I mean, I personally think he's an upgrade over Sammy Watkins. Uh, I think he fits the offense more. Um, I think he is, as far as somebody, here's the thing. Sammy Watkins, once he finishes his route, he's done. And, I mean, that's fine. A lot of receivers are like that. Cooks is more like Antonio Brown in the fact, like, once he finishes his route, as long as Big Ben is up, as long as Tom Brady's up and now Jared Goff is up and, you know, still trying to survey the field, this guy's just going to run and try to get open, try to make a play. And, mm-hmm. you know, that is called, you know, improvisation. It's something all Green Bay Packers receivers have to have in order to play with Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers will not throw to you if you're not that type of guy. I mean, just think about, you know, what Jared Cook did in the playoffs. Like, that pass, you know, that catch does not happen against the Cowboys if it were not for improvisation on the part of both Rodgers and Cook. So, you know, I think uh, I think that's really key, and I think that's something that Cooks brings to the table that Rams fans are going to be pretty shocked at because they're not going to realize that, you know, it really existed. You didn't see it last year with Watkins, regardless of what anyone says, and uh, I think you're going to see a big time with Cooks. So, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm on the record as saying that Cooks, um, you know, has a higher uh, floor and a lower ceiling than Sammy Watkins. You know, Sammy Watkins is, is kind of super uber talented, but, you know, we didn't see, you know, we saw one game, maybe two games of the ends of, you know, of, of Sammy Watkins really playing up to his potential last year. And there was a lot of, um, you know, questionable you know, uh, moments where he's kind of shutting off routes and not thinking the ball's coming his way. And, um, you know, and I do think I, I was really impressed with Brandon Cooks. Obviously, Brandon Cooks played, you know, made it all the way to the Super Bowl last year and, and during his press conference was um, I, I, I was just kind of dialed in and, and you know, really, um, really impressive. And I think he's going to add to the locker room and, and uh, be a better um you know, you know, a little bit more veteran, a little bit more of a of a leader. Although, you know, he had some moments in New Orleans himself, but um, yeah, you know, I think it's a yeah. I mean, I, I think we're we're fairly on the record where we stand with with this. Obviously, Coach McVay 
values that position, went out and spent some some significant uh, resources to get that player again, and and now they got to sign him because can't trade a first round pick for a rental. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I have to say this because I mean, I just it, it cracks me up really. Um, there's so many people that that just they they say the Rams made a mistake, and I look at it from the stance. I don't think Watkins at any point ever was coming back to the Rams. Um, I think this is somebody that was just going to the highest bidder, and that's just the way he you know he he conducts business, and that's fine. You know, some guys take that, you know, hometown discount. Some guys go above and beyond, like Tom Brady, who takes $1 million base salary and takes, what, $14 million in bonuses just to keep the cap down. Um, there are players like that, and then there are players that are the exact opposite. I mean, Dominican Sue took a monstrous deal to go to the Dolphins instead of staying uh, with Detroit, or I believe there were, there were a couple other teams that really um, were interested and might have been better options, but... You know, in that league, um, it is very cutthroat. I mean, you saw what happened to Kayvon Webster. Um, it's a business, and I do understand when guys have to go for the money. I just personally, one, didn't. I never thought Sammy Watkins was going to resign with the Rams. Um, and I thought that was on Watkins. I didn't think that was the Rams. I just, I he's somebody that wants to be featured in an offense, and he wants to get paid. Um, but two, I'll say this. You know, it kind of irks me in a way because I feel as though this is somebody, you know, regardless if you're a semi-fan or not, you have to at least, you know, you you have to look at the production. And and look, you know, I get Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I mean, Sammy Watkins did not have 600 yards receiving. Donnie Avery... His rookie year for the Rams had more yards as the 33rd overall pick in that draft, and he was considered a bust. People actually crapped all over him. But, you know, Sammy Watkins, who doesn't even hit 600 yards, who's traded for the same uh, type of pick that Donnie Avery was selected as, and EJ Gaines, and he doesn't have any labels on him. He's just, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, well, he's, he's just elite. You have to pay him. I mean, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, he's not elite. He has elite potential, but potential and bringing it, you know, every day, every week, every Sunday, every Thursday, whatever day you're playing football, at the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. And that's all that should matter to anybody, really. Um, and I just, you know, I think the Rams made the right decision. I, and I've, I've come to say I fully back the move for Brandon Cooks. I really do, you know, so... Man, that, he came around. That had to be that had to be said. Also, uh, uh, go Donnie Avery. <laughs> Shout out to him. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think uh, you know, you know, Sammy Watkins got paid. Good for him. You know, I don't I, I don't necessarily think he was trying to leave L.A., but he was going to go to the highest bidder. That's fine. And um, and Brandon, you know, let's be honest. Brandon's going to go to the highest bidder too. So. You know, if he likes the contract he offer he gets, he'll resign. If he doesn't, you know, if it's not, he's not staying. He's not sticking around for seven, eight, nine mil a year. I mean, this is good. He's getting paid. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And and then the production wise, yeah, you know, Sammy Watkins didn't produce, but you know, 
would you you take the average of what Cooks has done the last three years with those three straight thousand yard seasons and all those catches and touchdowns? Would you take the over or the under for his production? I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be Sammy Watkins' number, but wouldn't you lean to the under in this offense? Is it going to be tough for him to be? Well, I know you're actually you're on the other. Cooks? You think they're going to have three thousand yard receivers? Yeah, but, no, I do. For the first time since Kurt Warner, Anquan Bolden, dude, Larry Todd Fitzgerald, Durley's, and Steve Breston. Gurley's on this team. The only way. Oh, we should talk about this. I love that. That was a take. That was a hot take, um, and a um, and it was a what do they do, what do they say at the beginning of a fantasy baseball or fantasy football season? It's a. Um, um, uh, brave? No, what is it? Where they like, you know, they really kind of bang the the top side. Yeah, it's a possibility that this team could be one of the top passing offenses of all time and have three receivers go for a thousand yards. But you know, I think that's actually a nuclear option because if this team is throwing for that kind of offense, there's a serious problem um, that I don't even want to bring up because I don't want to be called a jinx. But, um, yeah, I think for them to be that pass heavy, um, they're going to have to be dealing with a major injury that's really going to um, affect the, the play calling. Or they could just break offensive records on every in every facet. But That could be fun, too. <laughs> but, you know, I, I look at it like this. I mean, I, I know, like, Sammy Watkins helped, but I also felt like, in a way, it was kind of, well, we have to give him his targets. And I didn't feel like his targets were as effective. Like, when you look at the 49er game, that was the best you were going to get out of him. That was the best you got out of him all year. When you look at the Giants game, he gave you that over-the-top option. Well, Cooks is going to nonstop give you that over-the-top option. He's a better route runner. He's quicker. He's faster. He's uh he's smaller, so he he's actually going to you know he's going to leak out, and, and you know he'll be harder to to cover, believe it or not. Um, I he's got better hands. Um, and this is somebody that to me I I think he's already matured as a receiver. So, you know I'm like again Watkins has all the potential in the world. Will he ever get to that? I mean, Cordero Patterson should be a you know a great receiver, but I mean now. He has to go to his third team, and I mean, luckily it's the Patriots for him. But he has to go to his third team to finally try to tap into that potential. You know, it's Cordero Patterson's. Cordero Patterson's maybe not even a receiver anymore. He's really more of a return. I mean, he was used as a running back with Oakland. Well, I guess you didn't see what Bill Belichick said. Yeah, no, I saw you were going to get your. You know, I saw what he said. He's but, he's gonna you know, be a stud. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn you into uh, what you you know. You're, we're gonna reach your potential. Or you're gonna be the player you should be with us. If we so do like, like a twenty know. minute like fantasy football podcast on the Downtown Rams podcast, I'll be <laughs> I'll be talking about him a lot because I I think yeah. he's gonna be a stud with Tom Brady. I really do. But um yeah, so so we're getting a little bit off topic here. But my my whole point with that is that I just think this offense got a lot better. I really do. Um, now, th- it really depends on, um, A, does Jared Goff continue to improve, or does he kind of, like, you know, just, just flatline? And, and even even if he stays exactly like he did last year, that's fine. I mean, they can win a Super Bowl with that. 
Um, you'd like to see him improve, I, but I think he needs to get better. Well, he does need to get better. I mean, you can't have those ducks and everything that he throws probably like five or six a game. But, but I, mean, I, he's, I love those ducks though. No, no. <laughs> it's like it's like it's not five or six a game. It's like one to two a game where you're like, what was that? It's like he could be th- he's like a pitcher who's like throwing a no hitter and it's all darts, and then like and then he, he like hits throws and over he the hits guys. the Durham. Yeah, he hits the Durham Bull. It's like, what was that, dude? Yeah. He, like, bounces. He throws a 50-foot curveball. It's just, um, uh, you know. Yeah, but, um, no. No, I know. No, I think Jared, Jared needs to get better. It's a third year. If Put it this way. You expected improvement into a second year. You still expect improvement into his third year. You know, he's going to be a better player this year. Than yeah, he is. The, the well, question is going to be how much better. Yeah, and that's what's the important thing. I mean, his the thing that's really holding him back. I mean, there there are two things. His the you know throwing off his back foot consistently. Um, he's got to you know he's got to work on that. You can't like he he drifts to his you know on his back foot. And he loses a lot of power in his you know in his throw, and uh, and that's when you get the ducks. But then you know the I mean he doesn't throw a tight spiral, and so because of that. Um, those tight window throws become a lot easier to to either bat away or, or, or pick off because it, it's not a tight spiral. You know, he throws kind of a, a little bit of a wobbly pass. I, I don't want to say wobble because it's not like Tim Tebow, but you know, uh, it, you, you know what I'm talking about. It, it's not it's not Kurt Warner tight spiral. You know, it's you're you're going to have to throw this ball as best as possible. Um, you know in tight windows in order to, you know, have that success with that, that type, you know, that type of ball, you know, being thrown. Um, he threw, I think he threw a 58, um, at a 60 mile an hour velocity at the, uh, at the combine or 59. So the maximum is like 60 and he threw 58 or 59. So he's got the velocity. I just think that's, that's the one thing, you know, his his wobbly pass and then his back foot. But aside from that, I, I think he's gotten better as far as, you know, feeling the pressure, um, using pocket mobility. That does not necessarily mean running. You know, I know when people hear mobile, they're like, oh, running quarterback. No, I mean, you know, you, you, you keep your eyes downfield, you move around in the pocket, you, uh, you buy yourself enough time if the offensive line isn't uh, to make a play. You know, and I felt like you know he goes through his reads pretty well um he needs to work a little bit more on it but i he definitely saw improvement um big time and right now he's the seventh i think yeah he's the seventh overall um i'll I'll say player since nobody else has a chance of winning mvp but um he's the seventh overall quarterback um to uh to basically um, win the MVP, like the odds wise, so you know he's already in 17. the top ten. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's there. Because it, you know, if they go out and and they're the number one, um, you know, they're they're the number one team in the in the NFC, they're the number one offense in the league, and do some of the stuff they did last year, and maybe it's it's more passing and not as much Todd Gurley. You could make it. I, I I think we talked about this last year, where you could make it. You could have made an argument that that Jared Goff deserved to be in the MVP race. He just was third or fourth on his team. So yeah, um, 
So yeah, I I think that's a legitimate, you know, seventh favorite. That makes sense to me. Yeah, no, that definitely. I, I like it. I, I mean, it's going to be harder now with with Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and if Andrew Luck gets back to his you know glory days, and Tom Brady and um, Big Ben, uh, you know, Todd Gurley. I mean, it it will be uh, will be hard, but you know, seventh is not a bad starting point. Um, with that being said, we're you know we're talking about quarterbacks, um, friend of the podcast and. Uh, you know, I'm. I think he's a friend of yours, uh, Vinny Bonsinger. He, of course, he Ventura uh, Vinny. <laughs> he <laughs> he basically um, he tweeted out some interesting stuff. So uh, some guy tweeted at him about Mannion basically not playing well week 17 and and why the Rams would keep him or whatever. And, and basically he tweeted at him, letting him know, you know, the Rams have interest in bringing Sean Mannion back um, after the season. He is a free agent. They they have interest in that. Um, They're interested in Brandon Allen, watching him develop this offseason. But the thing that I was most interested in this entire paragraph he wrote um, was the fact uh, the Rams are not opposed to drafting a quarterback. And the only quarterback that they've actually met with is that guy from Cal Lutheran that you uh, you tweeted today? Yeah. So I find that yeah, really Adam funny. Fa- Adam Fredrickson. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it ain't gonna be Adam. Adam would be a decent. Uh, let, let, let me give you a little inside. Uh, t- well, well, let's come. We'll come back to to Saturday, but um, yeah, um, you know, I, I do. Th- well, this is a deep quarterback draft, and so if there's somebody that ta- that. Um, that uh, Coach McVay, that Sean falls in love with, um, you know, as a potential backup, you know, I think you should use one of those. If somebody falls to, you know, one of those six-round picks or the fifth, you know, you could get a franchise quarterback in the fifth or sixth round if it's the right guy, if it's somebody you believe in. And and this is a deep enough quarterback draft. I mean, most of those guys are probably going to be gone by then. But, uh, you know, maybe there's somebody they really like. And, um you know, I think it is interesting that, you know, there hasn't really been, you know, Brandon Allen was somebody, you know, that was kind of equated to um, uh, to the quarterbacks coach last year, Coach Olson, who had been with them in, in Jacksonville. You know, we haven't, you know, we're talking about um, Coach McVay being such an offensive guru, being a quarterback guy, and you don't really, he hasn't really picked his court, you know, even though, you know, he inherited Goff, you know, it would be interesting to see if maybe he brings in a quarterback that he likes, that he can work with, that he can build up. And I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter whether or not, uh, you know, he drafts, you know, the, the, the quarterback or, you know, if he, as long as he believes and believes in, him. but I do think there's a, you know, a decent chance that, uh, that they could pick up a backup quarterback and somebody who, uh, who coach, um, you know, sees and likes and, um, you know, or, or a UDFA, someone they could bring in, but um, you know, a camp arm maybe that they can work with. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Because remember now, Kirk Cousins, uh, he didn't exactly come out of the first round. You know, it was somebody who Coach McVay worked with and believed in, and and, uh, and you know they worked together, and he, you know, he, they created something together. And Joe, that was crazy because RG three, who by the way, shout out to RG three for getting a contract with the Baltimore Ravens. He earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
RG3 was drafted in the same draft as Kirk Cousins by this same team. <laughs> like, that was yeah. nuts. It was a fourth rounder for Kirk Cousins in the same draft. They traded the farm uh, to get RG3. And now all the Rams have from that trade is Michael Brockers. But no, I'm not upset at all. Um, <laughs> well, Les would tell you, you know, I'd have to go and, you know, he'd tell you, oh, but we traded this guy to get this guy to get this guy. And so we still, there's still some of that uh, DNA in there. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's Brockers. Yeah, it's just it's just Brockers, which, which is fine. I mean, you know, you traded RG3 for Michael Brockers. I'll take it. Yeah. It's a good piece. Yeah. All right. But, um, you know, Joe, I actually wanted to, because uh, you mentioned Brandon Allen. I just wanted to paint this funny little picture. Um, Brandon's brother Austin is in this draft. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Rams drafted Austin Allen and then cut Brandon Allen? <laughs> oh, boy. Um... Sibling rivalry much? You know, I just I was listening to somewhere and it came up. Uh, you know, what was, uh, the Bengals like about ten years ago were the first team to have to play two brothers in the same game at quarterback. And that what? was uh, Carson and Jordan Palmer played in the same game. It was an NFL game in like December uh, about ten years ago. Oh wow! And they played and Jordan Palmer mopped up for Carson. I heard this. Uh, listen, I'm sure somebody out there screaming whichever podcast it was. But I was in my car listening to a podcast and they were talking, um, and that stat got brought up. I wish I could give the credit. Maybe the Ringer. It might be the Ringer, um, hmm. or Pro Football Focus or something. But yeah, so that, yeah, there's a stat for you. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, that would be brutal if it was a brother being cut for brother. But or if the two of them were competing for the third, <laughs> for all through camp, for the third job, that would be a story. You would love it. It'd be good for us. It'd be a you know decent story in August. It wouldn't be that your typical training camp story. That's for sure. No, that'd be that'd be cutthroat. That'd be like the Harbaugh's at the dinner table. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. And you could call the parents and be like, okay, the dad likes this one better and the mom likes this one better and who's rooting for who and oh boy that'd be fun yeah and then all of a sudden like oh yeah austin actually like like the dad just caves it's like you know i always thought brandon was the nicer kid but austin just has more dog to him (laughs) (laughs) that'd be really funny yeah uh hot takes from the dad yeah oh my god and that imagine if like their dad was like a lavar ball clone (laughs) <laughs> oh boy it'd be like uh no they'd be like oh you know austin always forgot to take out the trash but uh you know brandon never cleaned up his room that's what it'd be like that would be the story yep it, it really would that that's spot on um but moving on because i that was just too funny to not bring yeah up. um the rams preseason schedule was released so two things um what were your thoughts on the joint practice with the ravens and uh, the second, what were your thoughts on playing two preseason games against two regular season opponents? Because I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, um, you know, the first thing, my first thought after seeing that was kind of we've been spoiled um, the last couple of years because you've had that Cowboy, you know, the Cowboys have been here and they've 
had that Cowboys game, which was a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, I'm going to miss that Cowboys game. It kind of gets – now they're, you know, they, they're going to be on the road for the first time. You know, having that first preseason game at home has been, you know, kind of a big deal. Um, and, uh, you know, and having the joint practices in Southern California last year, we had two of them with the Chargers. That was that was good. So, you know, having to go to, to Baltimore is certainly not uh, – you know, not a school, but, uh, you know, it'll be fine for the team. And actually probably be good for a lot of the younger guys to kind of go on the road and, and compete and, um, you know, have that experience kind of what the, 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 some of the veterans, the rest of the team had in Jacksonville and all, you know, a couple times throughout the seasons. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just weird. The thing I think I didn't like the most is the fact that they're going to, they have two East coast trips. So you're playing two, you're taking two trips and you're playing two regular season games, and you're gonna the Gruden. It kind of it's gonna pull, the Raiders thing is gonna be kind of a mess with the fans because you're bringing the Raiders back to the Coliseum. Oh, dear you know, for the Lord. first time. Don't forget that. Now that's the big news out of the whole thing. The Raiders at the Coliseum. If you thought there was a gonna, there was a lot of Cowboy fans last year. Oof, that ticket that 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 game's gonna be sold out. That game is gonna be crazy, and. um and then the Gruden McVeigh thing kind of get, is going to be played out by the time we get the regular season game, because we'll already have that whole thing during the during the preseason. So yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> there's not a lot, to, you know, from my perspective, and it's just the preseason, so who really cares? But like, there wasn't a lot to like about it. What was the other home game? I can't even remember now. The Chiefs. Yeah, I, I can't even. It was the either the Chiefs or the Packers. I thought. It wasn't the Packers. You look it up. But, it wasn't the Chiefs. The Chiefs was last year. But, but no, um, Joe, <laughs> what what's a bigger joke than the sad excuse of a schedule that they put out for the uh, the primetime games, nationally televised games? Like, how are the Raiders Ram game not not a national? Game? I how mean, do the Rams not get season. one national game? They're they're talking well, about more on NFL and e- NFL yeah. Network and ESPN than any other team. Like, <laughs> they're saving. They're saving up for the for the regular season, man. Uh, um, Texans. That was what the third game was. Oh yeah. So we get to see Deshaun. See if he's going to be back by then. But um, oh, he won't play. Yeah. No. Way. At Ravens, Raiders at home, Texans at home, at Saints. At Saints, like what? That's not. Nice. Oh, the good thing about being at Saints is that game doesn't matter because it'll be the. That's the bottom half of the roster playing in that game anyway. Yeah, that's like fighting to stay alive, but. Um, Joe, you're you're missing you're missing a key storyline in all of this, and what is that? No, no, let's hear. What I do? Akib Talib versus Michael Crabtree oh, in a joint practice God, again. <laughs> oh my God! Joint practice though. Oh, has that even happened? They're gonna brawl. Remember, they brawled with the Cowboys in the joint practice out here when they were still the St. Louis Rams. Yeah, it was uh, uh, um, Benny Cunningham or something. He like, yeah, it was uh, Benny Cunningham and Des Bryant. I think went at it, and somebody else. No, it, he, a Moen Claiborne. That's who it was, and he got cut, which ooh. wasn't fair because I actually had a fifth round grade on him, and I thought they killed it with the UDFA signing, but nope. Maybe that's got him. Maybe that's got him cut. But anyway, it probably the, is. Um, yeah, you know, um, 
Oh, Crabtree. Oh, you know. I keep believe is going to be a ton of fun, and it starts early. It's almost like, you know, it's all these, uh, like I, you know, like we talked about the Gruden thing. It's like all these regular season storylines, you know, are going to be, you know. I just can't believe they didn't get game. one nationally televised preseason game. Yeah, they've had a nationally, nationally televised preseason nationally game every year. Nationally televised preseason game. That's it's all, you know. Yeah, but okay, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter for you. It matters for upstate New York people that want to watch, you know, without... No, you know what? I'll just You know they're the, going to be... Uh, I'll say this. You know why they're not going to the National Television game? They're going to be on that first Monday night. Maybe at home. I'm telling dude, how many Sunday and Monday night games? They're going to have to be working with USC because they're going to be... They're going to be on that first Monday night. Guaranteed. At home. Huh. That's my, you know... That's uh, yeah. is that your bold prediction, or do you these, have like inside knowledge? About, no, it's a bold prediction. That's what see. That's what I was trying to come up earlier. I couldn't remember bold prediction. That was that whole like, fantasy thing. Anyway, that's that. I, they're saving it up. You know, it's like they're, this team is going to be on prime time so much this year. You know, with what they've done. You know, no need to waste those bullets in the preseason. Huh. All right. Uh how over under uh six games. Oh, six is a lot. Especially when you've got all those. The Steelers had eight. State. Yeah, okay, maybe uh okay. No, I'll say five. I'll say you know, they still haven't had We find out next week, right? It's yeah, it's like any day next week, Monday, Tuesday, I don't know. It's it's ridiculous that we don't really know. But uh Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday is when it comes out. Oh my god. But um whenever they're done. But um yeah, I, you know it's got to, right? I mean, they haven't had any um at home. There's got to be two at home. Or at least one. You got to have at least one at home and then, you know, the at least one if not both of the Niners games. Let's think of which ones they would be now. If the Rams got further in the playoffs, I would say Six or seven, I think five. Denver? I'm gonna Wade roll with Phillips five with you. To leave. Day, uh, Wade Phillips and Akeem Tlaib going back to Denver. Ooh, maybe that one. Aaron Rodgers going to L.A. Oh, give me that on prime time. What about Gruden? So this is why I don't like the whole preseason game. You know, Gruden McVay. Um. Well, the 49ers and Rams are going to be on prime time. Dude, the, get used to the 49ers and Rams being on prime time both games. You know, in about a year, you know, maybe not this year, but next, the year after, when the Rams win, you know, 12, 13 games and the Niners win 10, 11 games this year, and, they, and they're two of the top four teams in the NFC, that's both of those games, man. It's going to be the new, so you know. Rams-Eagles prime time? I, I, or that one, yeah. I've been, I've been pumping this up. It should have been Rams-Eagles prime time last year. But I've yeah, been pumping sure. this up since, you know, December. I wrote a story about this in December. But somebody somebody basically said Rams-Niners is the new Steelers-Ravens. Yeah. I will say this, of, though. Like, a national rivalry. I'll say this. Don't, don't, do not sleep on Arizona. If they get Lamar Jackson and they have 
you know, they, they have a nice draft. They got a new coach in Steve Wilkes, who I think is underrated. They already have a lot of nice defensive pieces. <laughs> that was me sleeping on Arizona. Oh, my God. I will sleep on <laughs> That is me sleeping on Arizona. Lamar Jackson, dude, not as a rookie. Not as a rookie. I almost called him a freshman. Not as a rookie. No, you called him a rookie. You literally combined freshman, <laughs> rookie. He's a fresh not rookie. There we go. Not as a freshman. No, Lamar, you know, I love him. You know, no, Lamar, Lamar you Jackson know, I, won't even. Yeah, but not this year. Lamar Jackson probably won't even start because they have Bradford. Actually, Dude, the, the Cardinals <laughs> are <dumb>. a mess. <laughs> Lamar I'm Jackson will them. probably start because they have Sam Bradford. So, <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. so I no, yeah, I, I like their defense. I really do. I like the I like the pieces they have. They have Buda Baker. Um, you know, they have Hassan yeah. Reddick. They, you know, they have uh, Patrick Peterson. They they got um, what's his face? The guy from Ole Miss. Um, yeah, Cam Dicci. Dicci, the, Yeah. I you like know, them too. They have yeah, um, they got they got young pieces. The guy down, from they're, Mizzou. They're gonna be down. Um, they're gonna be down for a little bit, and um, uh, well, we'll see. see. See, I don't know. I I I feel like you know everyone is going to not everyone, but a lot of people are going to assume the Rams of that team where everything just went their way in the off season, and you know they they fall under the pressure. I think the team that does that is gonna be the Forty ers I think they're going to start off slow, and then I think uh, they're going to pick it up just like they did this year, and it's going to be too late. They're either going to make the playoffs barely, or they're not going to make the playoffs. And I think Arizona, seeing as Seattle is in a full rebuild almost, um, I think Arizona. Wow, so you think Arizona above Seattle? That's pretty bold. Yeah. Well, see, I almost expect Arizona to crater. I don't be because, one of the worst teams in the league next year. Well, you have to keep in mind they still won games last year. They were still competitive against every team that wasn't the Rams. And yeah, I was going to say. And and <laughs> I mean, in reality, you know, the fact of the matter is this: you know, Carson, uh, Carson Palmer got hurt uh, early in the season. Um, they lost David Johnson before you know the the word go. So I mean, you know, they they were really just rolling with uh, Kerwin Williams and. I mean, they they literally traded for Adrian Peterson, I believe. So like, it, they did. you know, it, it's, do you believe that? Yeah, I can, mean, can you remember that? Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. But David Johnson, what what Todd Gurley meant right. for the Rams last year, that was David Johnson for the Cardinals. I think people are really no, quick to forget. You know, David Johnson was, you know, a two thousand total yards from scrimmage guy the year before, and. Yeah. I'd make the argument he was the best back in the league. I think yeah. I would take him over Bell. But then, you know, Todd Gurley had this year. I think people are going to sleep on the Cardinals a little bit, like you're doing. You literally did on the podcast. Um, I wonder what their over-under is. That's a good call, man. I'm telling What's you. What's their Vegas over-under? Um, the The only thing that scares me is their offensive line because they, they got no beef. They're not, you know, they're they're not really put together. Um, but I, I really like their defense. I like what they're building. Um, I'm just I'm a huge fan of Marcus Golden. Again, I really like Buda Baker. Hassan Reddick was like one of my big time you know draft crushes. Um, you know, Kem Dichi. These are all guys I really liked in the draft, so, and you know they 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 put together a nice looking little thing here. So you know, I'm just saying 
You know, I'm not saying they're going to win 11 games, but I'm. I think they might come in second in the NFC. I think this is the Rams division to lose, and I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, the Rams didn't go out and get all. Dude, they're not finishing above San Francisco. Don't even say. Who? They're not. Arizona's not finishing above San Francisco. They're I not think gonna they could. In the division. Oh, I think they could. Wow. And if, if yeah, Bradford I, I stays healthy, Ram- I think they definitely could. But if Rams even if he doesn't. win double-digit games next year. Both of them. Who? The Rams and the Niners are winning double-digit games next year. Both of them. Hmm. I'll def- I like this. It's friggin' April. Yeah. And, and and we're talking like it's like it's August. Yep. It's the power the of NFL football. NFL has officially returned to Los Angeles. So. Reels. Yep. So I'm going to, because we're, we're going to wrap this thing up, but I have my awesome new segment uh, where I basically just throw Joe under the bus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. it's called The Decision. Now, Joe, I think I'm going to start doing this each week and like until the draft. So it won't be that long. But um, this week, you have the 87th overall pick. And a bunch of guys are sitting there. Okay. I have descriptions of each player. I will not give you the name. You are going to draft this player without knowing their name. You are just going to listen to their description. You got it? I like it. Give me the skill sets. All right. Yeah, I'll tell you what I want. All right. That's good. I like it. For the decision, first one, I am an edge defender. I have the ability to play inside backer as well as drop into coverage. Great athletic traits. I set the edge as well as anyone, but I struggle as a consistent pass rusher. If not coached up properly, I'm going to find myself as a situational pass rusher. That's A. Okay. Okay. B. I am an edge defender with the ability to play inside backers well. I have cat-like reflexes, show the ability to rush the passer, drop into coverage. I use my long arms and vertical to swat down passes at the line of scrimmage. That is B. And let's see here. C, I am an edge rusher through and through. I almost gave up on football. Had some off-field issues, but back, committed to the game, considered a top-five pick before the season, but due to inconsistency this season, I might fall into the third round. I have elite potential, but I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some serious coaching, and I'm not the best at stop, setting the edge or stopping the run. That is C. D. I am an edge defender that suffered an ACL tear before I could really get started in college. I wasn't used the best way in college. I have elite athletic ability. I am powerful. I am fast, but I'm not the quickest off the line of scrimmage. I am probably the biggest boomer bust prospect you could find in round three. E, I am an edge defender that suffered from lack of coaching and success around me. I had an off year, but I have the ability to rush the passer using multiple moves. I can show pursuit in the run game. I am relentless with a nonstop motor. I didn't run well at the combine, or as well as many people wanted me to. 
and my inconsistencies in 2017 hurt my stock. That is E. And then F, the last one. I might be more of a fit for a traditional 4-3 defense, but I rush the passer and do it well. Not the best athlete, but I display craftiness, nuance, power, quickness, and I have superb hand usage off the edge. You probably could find faster, more explosive, but as far as the third round goes, I might be your most technically sound edge guy available. Who are you taking? Not only am I going to tell you who I'm going to take, but I'm going to tell you who the Rams would take. The guy. Which one do you want first? Do you want my pick first, or who I would think the Rams? And this just evolved into like the greatest segment ever. Yeah, you tell me. <laughs> All right, first with me. I originally was going to go with um, what is it? E. I was originally going to go with um, the one who you know suffered from lack of coaching success around me off year, but uh, but I changed. I, I'm going to pick B. At that, Edge rusher with the ability to play inside backer as well, have cat-like reflexes, show the ability to rush the pass or drop into coverage, use my long arms and vertical to swat down passes at the line of scrimmage. To me, I think that was the description that you um, what, that you wrote that had the least negatives. Um, so if I'm going to pick one for me, that's who I'm going to pick. If I would think, who, who would the Rams pick? The one right after that, C, which is the high upside guy. The guy who some people considered as a top five pick, but there were some issues and they dropped down to the third. To me, that's you know that that's that sounds like Tyler Higby. That sounds like some other guys that they've picked that were you know a lot of what you do kind of in those second, third, and fourth rounds are try to get guys who have potential you know first round grades that maybe had some red flags and that's why they dropped. So you know I think the natural NFL natural pick for the Rams would be that C. But the guy I'm going to go for is B because I, I think that guy, out of all the descriptions you gave me, that person uh, seems to have the least, um, you know, the, the highest uh, floor, the uh, the least bust-worthy uh, pick. I love it, Joe. So I'm about to unveil these, and I think you're going to pick. You're 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 well. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you on the edge of your seat. So A. Okay. You, a was Lorenzo Carter out of Georgia. Okay. He is an excellent um, – he, he's somebody that can set the edge as well as anybody. I was just watching his film, and I was blown away by the way he's able to set the edge, the way he's able to gain inside leverage so no guy can really bounce it out to the outside. He he stops you on a dime. He's a good tackler, just not good as a downhill tackler. Um, and he needs help as far as rushing the passer. I think he's kind of a poor man's version of Leonard Floyd, who came out of Georgia. So um, that was Lorenzo Carter. I'm going to skip over B and C for now because I'm going to keep you on your, the edge of your seat. So uh, number four, the ACL tear. That was none other than Josh Sweat out of Florida State. Okay. Um, dead giveaway because he was the only one that towards ACL um very ultra athletic guy he's the biggest boomer bust guy available um he sometimes hits the snooze button off the line of scrimmage but I think he's just going to be a superb pro um he needs to go to the right team though not an 0-16 team um he needs to go to a team with 
legitimate coaching and I think uh I think if he goes to the Rams I think that's a good fit. Okay. So that it was that was D. So you have B and C picked. The Rams pick C, you pick B. Okay. E, that was Dorrance Armstrong Jr. from Kansas. Um dead giveaway with the lack of success around me and the lack of coaching. <laughs> it's the only reason he went in the draft. I mean, he probably could have used another year, but um, you know, even as a Kansas fan, I'll tell you right now, he made the right move going into the draft. I think going to the NFL, he's going to receive that you know proper NFL coaching, and I don't really feel like they turned him loose um, in college. Uh, I think they they kind of set him up for failure. So he had an inconsistent 2017, but he's relentless. Um, he didn't run a good 40, but who cares? He's an edge rusher. He needs, you know, you need the 10-yard split, not really the 40. Um, but I really like him a lot, so that would be a nice option. Um, so that was E. F was Duke Ejafor from Wake Forest, who just met with the Rams. Um, he was just in Thousand Oaks per his Instagram. Um, he is probably the most Harold Landry of all these guys, the guys that, you know, he's going to have the best, um, pass rushing maneuvers. He's the most, uh, you know, technically sound. He's, he probably has the highest, uh, floor cause he's somebody that can come in, start right away. However, he's not physically gifted in a way that the other guys are. He's not a freak talent. Um, he's just somebody, he's not going to beat you with speed. He's going to beat you with the fact that he is a better technically sound pass rusher than hopefully the offensive lineman is, you know, with his footwork and technique. So, um, that is Duke Ejafor. So I think you have an, an idea of who you picked. B is none other than Uchenna Nuosu of USC. So you picked Uchenna. Uchenna, he... He's somebody that I think can come in right away and play the edge, can play inside. Um, I mean, he, he's a little he's a little tight-hipped. Uh, as a pass rusher, he doesn't have a ton of bend. Um, so that, that would be a negative that I've left out. But, I mean, it's not, like, it's not a huge negative because, I mean, he, he's going he's to find a way to really make plays all over the field um, at the next level. He's probably the, the, least, um, the least con uh ridden uh because i mean you know as as great as edge of four is and everything um not having speed and you know not being you know all all that athletic is going to be an issue um he will have to work extra hard and then c who you this this is the funny one c for the rams arden key at lsu um dead giveaway off the top five pick before the season started um, this is somebody you watch the film in 2016 and you're like, Oh my Lord, he is going to be an elite player. Then you look in, in 2017 and unlike Dorrance Armstrong, where, you know, I actually watched both all of their, their games in 2017. I kind of clumped them in, in that category, but I think it's kind of unfair. Cause I think Dorrance Armstrong actually had a really good 2017. I thought he looked very good. It just didn't amount, um, into, you know, stats, so he went from what eight sacks in 2016 to like two in this next season. So, you know, but he still had a good year as far as you know watching the tape, the pressure he he put on quarterbacks. With Arden Key, I don't know what happened, and I think that, that is the biggest issue, and it's a good issue uh, for the Rams because it 
that's the only possible way he is going to fall. Um, he ran really poorly at his uh, his 40 at his pro day. Um, 40 time, again, I, I don't care about. Um, the dude has um, great burst off the line of scrimmage. Um, he's going to be, he's going to have to learn more, um, pass rushing maneuvers. Uh, but he, he's quick around the edge. He's nasty, man. Like it, it, he is a, he's a total jerk. If he gets his hands on you, he throws you down. Like, I'm pretty sure he RKO'd somebody if you know any wrestle moves. So like <laughs> watching this film, he does not or care about media. He, he's a very, um, high octane player, really high energy, gets a sack. He, like the world is ending, like he's jumping up and down, like like he loses his mind. So, um, he it's not quite the motor, but I mean, you know, he's he's a high energy guy, and maybe the Rams could feed off that. I don't know, but those are the guys. Um, so, what is your reaction? No, I I had a feeling, um, you know, and like you said, there's a couple that were kind of dead giveaways, but, uh, um, and I've been. Uh, you know, I, I like where I'm at. I like, uh, you know, I, I, th- I think I've got, you know, what I would do. And I think I got, um, you know, what the Rams might be thinking about in that spot. Um, but I think, and the other thing about it is I think, you know, I think we all know, you know, what this team is looking for, uh, in a couple of weeks. And, and, and that's going to be, I mean, even, um, you know, coach Wade said it, he goes, we need six to seven more linebackers. And, um, you know, before we get to the 90s. So that's the other thing is they're, they're going to be filling up in the draft. They're going to be filling up at the UDFAs. They're going to be able to say to UDFAs, Hey, you know, you know, come, come join us. You know, don't go to the Niners, come to us. Cause you got a shot to make the team and, and, and play some ball here as a, as a linebacker. Cause we don't have too many guys that can do that right now. Very true, man. Very true. But uh, I hope you enjoyed because uh, that that was a I, yeah, I was, was so fun. stoked for that segment that that went just about as good as I thought it would. Good job. Thanks, good job, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> it means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's yeah. gonna do it. Um, we had so much to talk about, but we we definitely I, I thought you know we 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 put together a lot of content for you guys to kind of. Um, marinate in over the weekend until uh, episode 79 uh, hits you live, actually live this time, not like stupid live like the guy said earlier. But um, for Jake Ellenbogen, he is Joe Curley. This has been the Downtown Rams Podcast. Save me, Los Angeles. When will you save me?